0: Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Sturista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Sturista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, VP of B2B Products Vincent Petrofessa and CEO AJ Gupta catch up with Michael Hussey, founder and president of Stat Social. Michael recalls the wins and mishaps of founding RateMyProfessor.com, as well as navigating both the dot-com bust and 9-11. Vincent reveals to Michael that I used to be a professor with a chili pepper on RateMyProfessor.com. So give it a listen.
1: All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of The Marketing Stir, brought to you by Starista. I am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the VP of B2B Products and Partnerships at Storisto. With me is my fearless leader, CEO, Mr. AJ Gupta. AJ, what's going on?
2: Doing well over here. It started the day at 49 degrees in Texas, so it's true pandemic weather when it's uh, that temperature at this time of the year, but alive and kicking.
1: Alive and well. Yes, I woke up. I am at Jeff and Diane's, which are my in-laws in Pennsylvania. There are no neighbors around. I think they prefer it that way. And I woke up to snow this morning, so whoop, that's also pandemic weather. So, yeah, that's kind of been my morning, but it's been fun. It's I've been here a long time, and but it's just better overall so it's you know we're coming at you from Pennsylvania Tawanda Pennsylvania ladies and gentlemen today we've got a we've got a good one AJ and i know that i'm excited about it and i know that our millennial producers are very excited about this because this man created a site that they knew and loved uh, i was past my time but we have with us today our good friend my fellow Tribeca neighbor, lover of stand-up comedy, the founder of Stat Social, as well as the founder of Rate My Teachers, Rate My Professors. Welcome to the podcast, Michael Hussey.
3: Hey, Vincent. Uh, how's it going today? Hello, AJ. It's uh, nice to be here.
1: Well, we're happy to have you. Uh, where are you calling in from, Michael? We, we ask all of our guests that because it's a crazy time, as you know.
3: Uh, for the past month, a little over a month now, uh, we've been living uh, in a house about 90 minutes north of uh, New York City, uh, in the Hudson Valley, in the Catskills. We've we are, uh, um, you know, basically as soon as schools were canceled, I think it was March 12th or March 13th. Um, you know, uh, we have four daughters. We live in a, a relatively small uh, Manhattan apartment. We said, let's get out of town. And we were fortunate to find a a place, and we're here through at least May. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's beautiful up here.
2: Michael would love to hear the story behind "Rape My Professor." Was it a midnight inspiration or, or something else?
3: Um, sure. That's a. Uh... You know, do you want the long version or the short version? I'll give the me. I'll give my uh, the you know my, the medium version. It's quite a, It's quite a uh, you know quite a lot went into it. But um, so rate my professors and rate my teachers uh, were two websites that we started in April two thousand and one. I was living at the time in Washington D.C. I was about a year removed from uh, graduating from the University of Maine. Um. And while at Maine, uh, my uh, my junior year, going into my senior year, I had been playing with some online businesses, some online publications, and and, and really got excited about something I'd always like to do, which was to basically score things, rate things, organize uh, opinions, not only mine and other, but other people's as well. And so, I conceived of this notion. Of a network of websites devoted to rating things, so I bought up like five hundred domain names. Rate my everything, and I incorporated or trademarked the term "rate my," and started trying to figure out how the heck to actually build build these things. And uh, I had a friend of mine who I uh, my my roommate. He was a developer, sort of. So. Uh, slapped something together, uh, summer '99, um, and uh, realized that uh, I was onto something. But uh, I needed to go back to school and graduate. Um, and so, so I said to myself, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this network of rating sites up and running as soon as I can. But you know, I still have a year of school, uh, so I, I shut it down and I went back to, um, uh, you know, I did a semester in Montreal at McGill University, and then. Uh, finished my senior year uh, up in Orono, Maine. Uh, immediately moved back down to the Washington D.C. area and took a a job with the company I had been an intern with, and immediately launched into basically dual dual careers. So ultimately decided to uh, to build a business model around you know what I what we you know back in the day we said you know this is this looks like a franchise model sort of like a McDonald's and so the idea was we would basically build the websites build the rating sites have access to this network of of users which you know which we knew we could grow and then we would basically people would pay for the right to operate one of those sites so if you had a passion could have been anything there was a way to build a community type website and so um You know, what was interesting was, you know, we had we had a few uh, early successes um, right out of the gates and I was working so hard um, going into early 2001 that I was starting to burn myself out. And I and I had to make a decision, you know, am I going to without a business model, without any real revenues, am I going to uh, quit my day job and my, you know, that security or am I going to go for it and go build the, uh, the rate my network out. And so, uh, you only live once and you're only young once. And I had, you know, it saved up a bit of money and felt like the worst that could happen wasn't so bad. Yeah. So I quit my job. Um, and uh it was hard, <laughs> so anyway it was I remember April two thousand and one we partnered with uh, a really talented at that time the most talented uh web uh, developer i had I had come across a guy named John Swastiensky uh he's either from upstate nor I think he was in Silicon Valley at the time, and he was trying to build out a site, a teacher rating site as well. He saw the success we were having with the rate my network, and so when I reached out to him, we basically uh, acquired his code and launched pretty quickly after that. Uh, rate my professors, and just behind that, we launched the high school version. Rate rate my teachers. Uh, it took off pretty quickly in certain pockets of the country, like in in the Midwest. There were some random schools, and we started to notice a pattern that if you could get five to ten people interested in it within a specific school. Uh, it would take off, you know, like a viral sensation uh, within that within that school community very quickly. And so, um, the idea that I came up with that that worked very well um, was going online, uh, googling around for um, alumni lists and finding people who had recently graduated, and just literally a, a formy e- form type email, semi personalized, explaining that they could do a big favor to uh, fellow students. Uh, just tell us your opinion on your best professors. And here's a very simple way to go and, and share that opinion with the world. And, and usually that was enough for it to catch fire. So within a couple of years, you know, it was basically ubiquitous. I'd say by 2003, 2004, uh, it was everywhere in, in, uh, in, in, in the country um that said um it was you know i was a kid i was 20 21 years old when i when i when i was launching this and i had i think i had a g- decent business sense for for um you know around this franchise notion uh, i had a um uh you know i think a very good sense of what would work on the web and and how to build you know this you know build the viral nature of this network and and i think that that played out very well uh, but I also made some very bad mistakes with respect to the the contracts that that we signed with, with the uh with with some of the franchise uh partners, including unrate my uh rate my professors. And you know, this was the biggest lesson to date uh learned. And so you know, 2001 was a uh, was a uh, was a strange year, and obviously, in September, uh, 9/11 happened, and you know that's the what we're going through now with with uh, COVID 19. In some ways, feels similar. Um, I just feel much more prepared <laughs> to uh, to tackle the aftermath of you know how to how to navigate you know very very challenging waters. But in the wake of of um, 9/11, just turned 22 years old. Um, I didn't have a a huge pocket of savings um, and everyone, no one knew what to do. Uh, No one knew how we were going to, you know, fund uh, the business. People were just uh, running, running for the hills basically. And it was, uh, you know, it was a really, really challenging time. And uh, it took about a year, but, and, you know, and there were like threats of lawsuits and, you know, basically, no one wanted to continue the network as a whole. Everyone wanted to break up the individual parts that had that had worked well, that was involved. And it took a while—about a year or so, I'd say—but we ended up basically agreeing to a to a split. And while I continued on with you know with uh, you know developing and designing and supporting, uh, rate my professors, my my end control on on that specific property was quite limited from that from that point on. Um, the high school version, Rate My Teachers, which was doing quite well, also. Um, I I actually went on as as CEO of that. So it was a weird it was a weird uh, you know weird dichotomy where we were still doing all the web design. The websites looked the same. They functioned exactly the same. They had the same exact code base, but the underlying ownership structure um, was different between those between those two entities. Uh, but that said, uh, we still continued to do a lot of really interesting marketing techniques it, um, in, in a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, we had, we were still growing the the sites. And, you know, I'd say by 2003, um, during peak season, we were doing uh, three, four million visits every single month. We had all this traffic and we had these server costs, but we could, you know, I could barely... Uh, afford to to survive on all of that, so I ended up becoming a a substitute teacher so that I could pay my bills and pay my rent uh, and be off work by two o'clock and spend the rest of the day working. The online ad business was starting to mature in a bit um, and agencies were getting smart to digital uh, for both rate my professors and rate my teachers, we ended up partnering with a a collection of of uh, young of young people's online publications. company called Bolt Media, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, But the head of ad sales was a guy named Chris Cunningham, who's still based in New York. Um, And he was just absolutely incredible. And so uh, basically overnight, uh, through the partnership there, we went from about $10,000 a month in revenue to over 50k a month. And like for the first time, I could actually live off of, off of the website and other people could, could live off of the website. And, uh, it was life changing I also moved to New York at that time, away from d c It was exhilarating to you know have worked so hard and you felt like you finally made it, like you can actually, you know, do this for a living. And then there was so many more things that you felt like you, you 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 could do. So, you know, it wasn't all rosy from, from that point on. It was about a year of really, you know, it was really great for about a year, but then that company got into some of its own financial challenges, uh, ended up going under. Um, and in the wake of that, everyone just decided to basically sell what they could. Um, and so there was a company that acquired Rate uh, My Professors. Uh, that company, about a year and a half later, ended up flipping that and selling that to MTV uh, and Viacom, and got a really nice return on on, on their investment. Um, I saw a fraction of a fraction of that at the time. It was really meaningful to me, but in the grand scheme, it wasn't a a, a whole lot of money. Um, but by then, I had uh, you know I. So I had licked my wounds and, and uh, had moved on to uh, launching my second company, which ultimately wasn't a monster success, but relatively speaking, was a much, even uh, financially speaking, was a, was a much bigger success uh, for me uh, personally. Uh, and that was a, a search engine called PQ. It's a, I've been thinking a lot about those days post 9-11, a lot in the wake of uh, what we're going through now. And what I lacked then was good lawyers, people who are looking out for me. I also didn't have a network of trusted partners, trusted, trusted advisors. um, And, and, um, and, and, uh, you know, our, our business today is in a much better position, you know, to, we haven't quite seen the downturn yet, but we, we think something's coming and, um, but we feel like perfectly confident that we're gonna be able to uh, see it through and uh, whether it takes a month or two or three or maybe you know longer um, we're just in a uh, I'm personally in a much better position legally I'm in a much better position with respect to the network uh, I've so alone in in, in 2001 um, and uh, you know ultimately cost me probably quite a bit of money but I also learned a lot of uh, very important painful lessons uh, through 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 all that time. So anyway, I'll stop there. <laughs> um, hopefully that's uh, helpful, inter- interesting, somewhat.
2: Yeah, I, I should have asked for the short version, Michael.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, this is so weird, man. I'm in my car. This, yeah, this TED Talk. I'm talking to myself. This, I don't really TED know. This TED Talk
1: brought to you by Starista. It's
3: yeah. <laughs> <This laughs> not a conversation. I'm sorry. It was a, <laughs> uh, a monologue. But uh yeah.
1: I want to know, one question is, when you were a substitute teacher, did anyone rate you on Rate My Teachers?
3: Uh, Actually, no. No one rated me, but my mother, I should have mentioned, my mother was a teacher, public school teacher for 35 years. And she was, I was in the room uh, when she read her very first negative rating. You know, most of them and actually most of the reviews on the site were positive, the vast majority. But every once in a while, there were negative reviews. And I remember how hurt she was when she was reading it. And uh, but I actually felt like it was legitimate criticism. The way it was written wasn't out of bounds. And I actually think it might have made her think twice about certain approaches to to her classroom. So uh, I always thought that was that was interesting. I also never advertised the fact that I was terrified to ever. You know I would never have mentioned it inside uh, the schools. Hey, go rate your other teachers. You know, I could have done that, I suppose, but obviously that would have uh, ticked off a lot of people. But one other quick story is I remember one time I was at a, a pretty ritzy uh, middle school in um, in Bethesda, Maryland, and they had uh, this is probably two thousand and three. They had a a fancy uh, computer lab which, uh, I, you know, right next to their cafeteria. And I remember walking down the hallway, this long, long hallway. And I saw this teach, I saw this student at the computer and the teacher looking over his shoulder. And I look in the distance and I'm like, that's rate My teachers. That's right. So I walked up to them. I didn't say who I was, but I said, Hey, what's that? And they started explaining what rate my teachers was to me And the, I asked the teacher, you know, do you think this is, what do you think of this? And he said, oh, I love it. And most of the teachers here love it. And, it was so weird and I never, ever told them. I always wanted to tell them right then and there. Well, I started that, but um, I'll never forget that uh, story. That, that uh, actually made me feel quite good.
2: When you were at a bar, were you fairly popular with the ladies as you revealed that you were the founder of Rate My Professor or
3: you? No, it was. I was ashamed because I uh, had no money. <laughs> so I would go to the bars <laughs> with my friends and they, they thought, who's this loser <laughs> who's getting his friends to buy him drinks?
2: And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you had some sort of an idea of predating Facebook that was similar to Facebook, right? Uh,
3: yeah, that was in the wake of 2001 as well. That's a different story. But um, uh, as a side project w- during the re- early Rate My Days, I built something called I Am Connected uh, or a business plan called I Am Connected. And it was all about leveraging our, our real world school work and family connections and sort of drawing a... a, a a connection through the internet so that we could talk to each other and meet other people and blah, 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 blah. And everyone knows what that means. But um, I put a lot of time and effort into, into that. And I actually was able to get to a group of uh, corp dev people at Microsoft. And I, I formulated it around the early um, Their early single sign-on attempts, and I said, "No one's going to use this, but you got to give them a reason." You know, this this could be, uh, you know, you know, my business plan didn't have a way of making money. That was the problem. You know, the 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 uh, response was, "Yeah, this looks like it could be very popular, uh, but it'll never make money." You got to remember, this is like November two thousand one. You know, the dot com bubble's gone or it's burst. Nine eleven. Is fresh in everyone's mind, and and no one wanted to put money behind it. I talked to every kind of investor or semi wealthy person I knew, and and uh, there was just no way. And then, you know, the story there. A couple of years later, Friendster comes out, and that's gone in a minute. Um, comes and goes. Comes and goes. And MySpace uh, comes from out of nowhere. And side store with MySpace and Rate My Professors, at the peak of MySpace's power, they tried to do their own professor rating service on MySpace. And that was, you know, that was when it was so popular and it still couldn't catch up. No one used it. Everyone was using Rate My Professors by by that point. Anyway, uh, before you knew it, Facebook was ascending. I remember by 05, um, I knew some some guys from Harvard and they showed me this and I'm like, this is it. You kind of just knew Um, And so, anyway, I I obsessed for a long time, like uh, around that idea. And I said, "How can I do something that's not Friendster, that's not my space, that outlasts these companies?" And that's where the notion of online identity came from. And 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 I said, "Maybe Facebook is gone in twenty years, and it's something else. How, you know, can we organize where people have a presence on the web? Can we figure out?" Uh, for Michael Hussey, you know, there's hundreds of them in the world, which links, which blogs, which news articles, which social media profiles belong to that Michael Hussey and, and, uh, and which other ones belong to other Michael Husseys in in, in the world. And, and that was the foundation of what eventually would become uh, PQ and actually stat social, as far as the underlying identity graph uh, technology that, that we've built as well. So, so that idea has powered the last Nearly fifteen years of, of of my career, but it all started from that failure to get I am connected uh, off the ground, and, and how bad I felt about that for, for a long, long time.
1: When you talk to the people at Harvard, who did you talk to there? Just random like friends? Was it the Winkleval no, twins? Who no, did no, no. Talked to when you were
3: no, there was a guy there? I did a consulting project for Brilliant. Couple of guys um, that were friends there. They started a, uh, a T shirt company called custom Inc. Um, Mark Katz is the guy and he was Harvard alumni, but, but, um, he, uh, he showed me this thing and I was like, Oh my God, this is like perfect. It's not unwieldy like MySpace, you know, blinking ugly, like pages. This is easy to navigate. It's super structured. It's like how I would have liked to have uh, designed it. So, um, Anyway, yeah, that was uh, 05, 05, Yeah,
1: that's no, that's cool. I know, um, I know. Custom ink, custom ink is great. You know, you, cer- you certainly know some uh, great people. And and you think, Michael, the what happens now? Like, what if? Do you? you th- I'm sure you think about it, but do you think that? you know, you created, let's not say today because, you know, this pandemic is is, is crazy, but a few years back, you know, two years ago, you kind of knew what was, you know, you learned from all this. If you had started Rate My Professors and Rate My Teachers today, you know, what, uh, you know, do you think it would have been, you know, uh, an even larger success? You kind of think that by then... You know, you you went in at the right time. Talk to me about that a little bit.
3: Well, look, everything is a product of its time. And the other thing is any good idea, any, you know, ideas are cheap. Um, Lots of people can think of a good idea, like a rate my professors or rate my teachers or social networking or whatever you, whatever it is. It's the um, ability to execute that really matters. That's what, you know, I've learned. And um You know, I could give away a hundred ideas right now that I think could be multi-million dollar ideas, but you have to have the time, the people, the network, the support, the, the legal structure. There's so much that goes into building a successful business or in a sustainable business. And so, I don't know, I think knowing what I know, this is, you know... There's nothing uh, novel about this, but, you know, wisdom comes through the wins and losses and the challenges you face. And, um, yeah, if I'd have been 40 years old back then, um, I could have probably killed it. Uh, but that said, there were, you know, it was a product of its time. Um, it was hard to make money no matter what because there were, um, you know, it was hard to find advertisers. That could that could support that as a as a real business, and so, um, you know, I have no regrets. It it was, uh, you know, I'm something I'm very proud of, and and um, you know, it's, it makes me smile that all of my companies uh, that I've ever started are still um, going strong today.
2: Congratulations! Uh, yeah, that's definitely a brand name that uh, stays with us. I know a couple of months ago when we were in New York City. People still recognize the uh, brand name and are still using "Rake My Professor," so that's pretty awesome.
1: It still resonates with people today. And, and look, you know, uh, when I was 21 years old, I was just trying to go to happy hours, and I had other things on my mind. And so, you know, it's that's awesome that you know you created it. And when we told. You know, uh, America and Jared, who are our producers of the show, who are way younger than me, they were, uh, you know, really excited about it. And you know, Jared was even saying, "Yeah, I had like a red chili pepper," and I was like, "I don't even know what that means," you know. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: But talk to me about Stat Social and and a what what it is, uh, and and also you know what's what's it looking like right now sure. these days for for you and and your team.
3: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I. I... I gave the story of like, you know, on online identity and sort of my obsession with that starting in like the mid two thousands and start, uh, started this people search engine that, you know, at its peak was doing, it was a nice business. It was, it was generating about 3 million a year in, in revenues, you know, quite profitable. Uh, it was, you know, it's not a mega business, but it was, you know, it was nice. And um and it was all about organizing and helping people find where a person had a presence on the web and matching their Facebook to their Twitter, to their blog, to 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 whatever. And we did that for a couple hundred million people and generating around 300,000 visits a day. We were um, – You know starting to become noticed and we were also starting to become noticed by a lot of the large marketing technology companies that um we all know and and love so much like uh, axiom and experian and (laughs) those those sorts of companies and so um you know i knew very little i come from you know i built the rate my sites i built a search engine i was really fascinated with identity and all the potential applications and the idea was never to just build a search engine it was to build other other businesses on top of that idea and so i knew very little uh this is probably going back to around 2011 2012 but started engaging in a lot of conversations uh with a lot of people in the industry and um it was actually uh, one of your advisors, uh one of Starista's advisors, a guy named Dennis Ainge. And I remember meeting him and probably it was like the DMA in Boston. It's probably like 2012. And and he says, says you know, I explained what we built and wasn't quite sure how it fit in. But he said, if you can connect what you've done there with, you know, what we're doing here, you know, with all this offline data, if you can somehow bridge that gap, you're going to, do very well for yourself and you're going to have a very interesting, exciting business. And so I remember that conversation like it was yesterday and it sort of gave me the confidence to go and, and, and try to build something. And, um, took me a while and, and, um, to figure out what to, what to do. But by 20 end of 2013, uh, realized that uh, we needed to split the companies up and I also needed, you know, I was starting to have my starting to, to raise a family, so basically, um, the long story short, there is we spun out Stat Social as a separate entity, and I sold uh, my ownership in in, in PQ um, and wound, wound that down over and earned out over a number of years. But I decided to focus my efforts on on building Stat Social, and I'm glad I have. But it's also you know it took me a few years to figure out what we would be, what, 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 you know, how did we fit into this uh, wide world of, of marketing technology? Um, and I still feel like I only know, I don't know, about 10%, which is, you know, probably pretty good, <laughs> all things considered, but um, there's so much to learn every day. And it's such a, uh, you know, there's so much changing, whether it's uh, on, you know, the data side, the data partner side, the, obviously the regulatory environment is constantly changing. So, um, it's never a dull moment and um but that said we've built a really powerful underlying data set and an engine uh an insights engine that's um uh allows us to look across um audiences um, of any kind it could be programmatic audiences first party data audiences, social audiences, and tell a really rich story about who uh, who a group of people are who a group of consumers are and we're really proud of, uh, of what we built. And, uh, the last couple of years have been, uh, you know, big growth for, for the company. Uh, we took on a, a CEO last year, we'd sort of reached the point, uh, we had gotten to, you know, North to 20 people and we had, you know, big plans for, for, uh, the future. And, and I realized that, um, you know, I needed someone I trust and someone that could, could take us to that next level. It's a man named, uh, David Barker. Um, who has a long history in, in the industry, you know, Adobe, Oracle, um, turn, Cision. Um, and, and, uh, it's been, it's been really great. And I also don't know, you know, coming into, you know, this quarter, obviously, um, things turn pretty quickly come, come March. Um, and so we're working through that, but all in all, um, you know, I, I feel, uh, feel, fine and, and confident uh, in the team does as well uh, that, that we've assembled. Um, we're working through this. We're not laying anyone off. We're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, come through this on the other side uh, stronger. Um, but it's just, you know, very fortunate to, to have a, uh, the group of people that we do.
2: Michael, are there any particular industries or verticals where you are focusing your sales and marketing efforts on that was different? Then Q1.
3: Yeah, uh, very. It happen, had to happen quick, right? So certain places we were doing very well, like the movie industry, buying a lot of data from us. Uh, now no one can go to the movies, right? And they might not be any movies till next year. So companies like Sony Pictures, those budgets disappeared overnight. Um, but other other pla- other places like in home entertainment, gaming uh, is exploding for us right now. Um, and so we've been able to shift because of the the nature of our data set. It's pretty flexible. We can we can we can move things on the fly. We also built something in response to conversations we were having with clients, trying to understand, you know, where marketing is stepping back. People need better insights, and people need to understand how their customers are changing. So in response to four or five conversations we had uh, at. The, uh, Towards the end of February, coming into to to early March, when it was clear things were, uh, you know, this was really going to have an impact on the economy uh, and the nature of how people buy things. We built something called Crisis Insights, uh, and we launched that a couple of weeks ago, and it's actually been uh, extremely uh, well received. um, And it's really an it's a it's a package of insights where you can overlay with your customer data and track week to week different segments of the population that have been affected uh, by the by the crisis, uh, whether it's people that are you know feeling anxious about the economy or maybe it's a different set of group people that are anxious about their their investments, uh, people who are shifting to working from home, people who are now educating their children at home. all in all, it's around 30 different audiences and we're tracking the composition of those across all major geographic uh, locations week over week. And um, it's, uh, it's been very well received. Um, And we just put those into companies, you know, data platforms or, or run the insights ourselves uh, on this side. So uh, that's helped, that's helped us um, weather some of the the storm here. Uh, But also it's something, you know, I know it's not, um, you know, we're not doctors on, on the front line and I'm not claiming that, uh, (laughs) you know, that, Anything to that nature, but a lot of brands are fighting for their lives as well, and and, and meaning you know there's going to be big changes, and in order to you know avoid uh, massive layoffs, uh, brands and the teams that 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 run those brands have to understand how how uh, their customer dynamics are are, are are changing. So it's much less today about marketing and 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 spending money on marketing. It's it's really about how are things changing? Uh, are they coming back? Um, and what are the what are the new dynamics of my my customers? You know, because we're all buying things that we never bought before. We're all purchasing things in ways that we never never purchased before. We're consuming entertainment completely differently. Um, and so, you know, we we feel like we are in a uh, in a position to help um, help uh, bridge that understanding and and uh, and help brands adjust much more quickly.
2: And I know, Michael, you guys just got a beautiful office that I was actually hoping to see this quarter. Mm-hmm. It might be a while. Uh, do you see working from home being a reality for the foreseeable future for your company?
3: Um, we're prepared for that if that's what it comes to. Um, we're, pers- you know, we're hoping that by June we can return uh, to our office, and we have a, you know, we have a, our headquarters in New York City. We have a. Uh, an office in Denver as well that I know uh, the the team out there is is eager to uh, to get back and interact with each other in person um, you know working from home has been uh, fine, but you know there's no there's no substitute for being in the same room and and um, uh, you know we're like i said we're we're prepared if it goes longer but i I do think we'll be back. Uh, by by the summer, in some capacity. In fact, our office has remained open. It's just, um, and we have the right to go there, but um, we're we're um, obviously everyone's sheltering at home for for obvious reasons.
1: Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of visiting the office there. Michael is, uh, you know, you're actually like literally across the street from me. And yeah. I went, you know, uh, downtown in New York City. Same thing with me. I'm at a, I'm at an office space, but we. You know we broke our, our lease is month to month there so oh, okay. we broke that uh not broke the lease we just didn't you know we just didn't renew it yep. you know i i have a feeling that i'll be able to get office space rather easily but yeah, yeah for me i never been a work from home kind of guy uh especially i never envisioned it work for my work from home at my in-laws yeah that definitely Never crossed my mind. I, you know, I try to see them as little as possible. But I, um, no, I'm kidding. They're they're great. But <laughs> Michael, you know, couple things we've been asking, you know, would curious. This is a time you're at home, and maybe you're not doing much of this because you have four young daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you're probably running around watching, you know, Disney shows. But what have you been binging on? What have you been watching? What podcasts have you been listening to? We'd love to know a little bit about that
3: we started watching love is blind on Netflix and, and, uh, uh, I actually finished it, but, but my wife, uh, felt so dirty watching it. So she only made it about halfway. And, uh, <laughs> same with uh, tiger King. She said, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't do this to myself, but, uh, I, I might have to finish that one in secret. So, uh, <laughs> we made it about halfway, uh, before she just felt sick. Um, and uh uh yeah we've been watching some uh some old documentaries as, as well that that have been uh in 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 the queue um like Tudor histories and things like that uh but um the kids are watching um disney plus i think is the winner uh if you look we have hulu disney plus netflix um if I had to rank them as far as the kids, it's probably Disney Plus number one, Netflix, Prime Video three, and then uh, Hulu sadly uh, is fourth place.
1: It seems like you're still rating stuff, Michael. You're still rating stuff. You just can't help it. Look at that.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's good. I mean, it's a different experience here. So you know, we we we've raised our kids in in the city. We hope to get back soon, um, but you know, we're on a farm, we're like on a farm up in, you know, in in the Catskills and there's so much that we're in the woods and there's a river, like a little Creek I mean, it's really special place. We're so lucky obviously. Um, and we got out, you know, before things got really bad in the city. Um, so, you know, I, I feel fortunate every day to, to be here, but it's also, um, completely different for the kids to uh to have grass and trees and fire you know like campfires and blah oh my god it's like you know i i'm i re- really am enjoying it myself yeah, yeah.
1: I, I i know it too well it's uh, i'm in the similar boat where uh you know not not the four kids part you know just two, one then uh, you almost know, two. One, one on one on the way yeah, very yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah, almost two, very yeah. soon. And yeah, it's kind of like, you know, me being at home with my wife working from home. Both of us have careers. Uh, you know, our chi- our, our child care week, you know, um, we didn't do that. We sent our, um, you know, our amazing child care home. Uh, yeah. Our nanny. She's amazing. Yeah. And it our apartment felt really small. And we were like, what are we doing? Then we're up at this, it's not a farm, but we are at, you know, we're in Pennsylvania on 20 acres of land. Jeez. My son Jeez. is out there with his grandfather on a tractor. Wow. He's burning stuff too. I don't know what it is with people up in the country that love to burn <laughs> stuff. It's been crazy. And, he just it, he just loves it and we're we're not used to that AJ's used to that uh you know in San Antonio going for walks getting attacked by bulldogs <laughs> uh, he loves it
3: we've been so busy too it's been it's been intense it's been intense your 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 uh you know your kid is they're not in school yet so like the first few weeks they had no school it was actually kind of it wasn't bad but now that school started it's and it's all the this microsoft teams and zoom it's so much work and we're so busy with our own work my wife and i uh, like we have been busting ass we're like exhausted every day when then you put the the you know trying to manage their school days remotely oh my god it is it is tough it is it is hard but uh we're getting through it and i'm not complaining it's just it's we're tired every day
2: yeah, I, I I agree with you, Michael. I don't I don't know how the teachers do it, but uh, just a couple of hours of lessons is so exhausting. And I only have uh, one that's, uh, school age, so I can only I can't even actually imagine what it's like to have four in that boat.
3: Well, two are in school age, and two are like yeah, too young for that. So oh, that's trying true. to keep them occupied while the other two are like on their iPads in Zoom conferences and blah 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 it's tough. It's tough. So, um, you know, we have to coordinate between us and, um, you know, sometimes there's really important meetings. We need quiet space and, you know, it's, it's all in all though, I think we've done okay.
2: Well, our, all our children are alive. So that's, that's a positive. So one last question for you, Michael. So I know you've been an entrepreneur from a very young age. There's a lot of people that are going to be, graduating um in the next month or so without uh, seemingly with seemingly bleak prospects what what advice do you have for people that are graduating right now
3: hmm. <laughs> um well advice let me think so my so my wife graduated in in um 08 and she was a uh, math and finance or uh, math and economics major, and expected to be going to work for with you, AJ over like JP Morgan or something something like that. And obviously, that didn't work out in the wake of the last financial crisis. And so she's now in a, in a world in, in digital publishing in a world she never imagined she would ever work in when she started, you know, her her education. And so <laughs> One piece of advice based on personal experience um, is be open to new things that you never imagined because in the, in, you know, when they are challenges like this, you know, you know, our lives can change pretty quickly um, but new opportunities are going to emerge and don't be so, um, so focused um, on what you thought was the truth of your you know your your path yesterday, uh, be open to new experiences be open to to uh to try new things and and uh, don't be afraid because you know we will come back through this and and uh, you know if you're dedicated and 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 work hard uh it's going to uh you know things will fi- have a way of working themselves out that is
1: great advice, Michael you know and you know always change always adapt. We appreciate your time today. Thank you for talking to us. We, we, we miss you, my friend. Uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Yeah. And, you know, also uh, for this podcast, you know, share, share with us your thoughts on the podcast. This is to the people out there. Some of you share your favorite rate my teacher, rate my professor moments. You know, we'd love to hear from you on that. Michael, cool. good luck with everything. Say hello to the team yep. and the family. And we appreciate you joining us here on
3: the Marketing Stir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hope to see you guys all soon. Okay, stay safe. Stay, uh, stay, stay happy.
2: Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.